to Sebastian Jovinko, cross goal to Zorio! What a finish from Jonathan Azorio! And Toronto FC having trailed, take the lead with two minutes of the first leg left to play. It's Pozuelo. Pozuelo! Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to your favorite podcast. It is the Red Patch Boys podcast, sponsored by Bosch Kung Brewing. A big thank you to our new sponsor, Bosch Kung Brewing, who we uh, announced, I guess it'd be about a week and a half now. Um, luckily, me and Cam were both able to meet the brew team from Bosch Kung Brewing at Saturday's game. was thrilled to share our passion for TFC and their passion for brewing. Uh, today, we're enjoying one of our favorite Bosch Kung beers, Nothing is Real, which is a strawberry and white chocolate white stout. This deliciously smooth stout has a reality-questioning flavor of fruity, chocolatey decadence. Oh, my goodness. And if you're looking for something more ses- sessionable, there's a phenomenal cast of other beers available at BoschKungBrewing.com. This one-stop shop offers everything you need from crisp, refreshing beers to hype beast-level bucket hats, ideal for wearing in the stands at our next home game. BoschKungBrewing.com. BoschKung Brewing, good beer is in our nature. Uh, Cam, how's it going, my friend? Well, with this BoschKung beer in my hands, a TFC win on the weekend. Everything's looking up for April right now, Ben. I'm feeling good. How are you doing? I'm hey, after Saturday and after enjoying a couple Bosch Kungs myself, we are uh we're doing just fine over here. Um quite the weekend for TFC and of course we'd be remiss to not mention Canada, right? You know, I think something big happened over there. Um in terms all, of Canada all my posturing. But- All of my predictions came true. They just wanted to wait to come home to us at BMO Field and win in front of the home crowd with a resounding victory to seal their journey to Qatar 2022. Yeah, who would have thought, right? A few years back, I mean, we saw the rise. Uh, Some of us were still a bit skeptical, but, you know, they proved all of us wrong throughout uh, throughout qualifying and, and good thing too. Cause I think there are many people young and old who are dying for this moment. Um, me and yourself included. And uh, it's finally come, right. It's, it's big for, for the game in the, this country and uh, sports fans as a whole across this country, I think. That's it. And as it relates to the red patch boys and TFC is a lot of discussion around Richie Larea not getting playing time at Nottingham Forest and the worry everyone had, he played a blinder, I I think, against Jamaica. He came out fresh and ready to prove a point to everyone, uh, and he did just that. So that's someone I'm immensely proud of in that game uh, across the entire 11 and and the boys coming off the bench. But big up to, uh, to Herdman and the Canadian men's national team on just being uh, huge ambassadors for the country, for Canadian football, and for everyone out there excited about you know wearing the red and white uh, coming uh, this December. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll jump into Canada a little more in just a moment, but uh, we'll start off with some RPB news, of course. Um, a big thank you to Sky Stanford Sad, uh, or sorry, Sod Sky Stanford Sod 
for stepping up as capital late in the match, uh, along with our good friend Dylan Flanagan um, Saturday afternoon. Um, it was nice for those two to get up on the stand and, and get us going in the bounce towards the end of the match. Um, created a terrific atmosphere in our corner there. And another huge thank you to our other good friend, Matthew Renda, for stepping up on the drum Saturday. Um, these guys brought the section to life when it mattered most over the weekend. Uh, certainly needed. Um, if interested in drumming or capoing this season uh, or in the near future, uh, see the posts on the forums labeled drum slash capoing. And um, our annual general meeting is set in stone for April 24th. And I believe it is at the Mill Street Brew House in the distillery district. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing to call out, Ben, is, is everyone's efforts on the capo stand, on the drum, and everyone just cheering in the stands. It's really easy to, you know, be quiet and just watch the game and not bring the energy uh, for the boys on the field. But uh, big ups to everyone who volunteers, everyone who dedicates their time, putting up banners, coming up with songs. Uh, it is a, a group effort. And so I appreciate these individuals who who take these leadership opportunities. So if you're interested in doing more of it, please get involved, put your hand up, and we'd love to have you uh, continue the growth of the Red Patch Boys. Absolutely. Uh, back to Canada, Cam. Uh, obviously a big week and a half for them. We just mentioned it. First World Cup birth in 36 years. Um, you know, fans such as as myself uh, witnessing it for the first time in, in our lifetime. The first time they'll be in a World Cup in my lifetime. Um, massive moment for sports in Canada and especially soccer in Canada. Um, I guess just starting off, what does it mean for you, Cam? I, I grew up playing, you know, a decent level of, of football. And, and, you know, you always had that dream where you do those, you know, four-year windows of, you know, if I was good enough and I'd make this team, I could make this team and we could make the World Cup. And you had this vision of a certain year in time when Canada would be in the World Cup, either by you and your influence or just the fact that we would develop players that would be world stars you know we, we look back when we were kids and you can look at all the the countries we would cheer for whether you were english italian croatian uh, or brazilian or, or even not from those countries but just like those players and like those teams it was always a bit of a fantasy for for canadian you know soccer players or just canadian soccer fans and and now it's come to fruition it's real life we can go and see our country play on the biggest competitive sporting stage on the planet, in my opinion. And, you know, for what it's worth, I think we're going to do okay. You know, I, I don't know what we're going to get from this, but I'm sure a lot of people may look at Canada and the athletes we have in this country a little bit differently after this world cup. And, and I'm very excited to see what they can do um, because it just fills me with immense pride uh, as being a Canadian. Absolutely. And, and for so many people um, across this country that have followed along as long as they have, who've gone to matches where, you know, we're walking out uh, overjoyed. If we, if we picked up a, a two, nothing win or a one, nothing win over a country that, everybody had just heard of that day and you know we've certainly come a long way and and it's it's 
I still can't stop smiling and and it really didn't become real for me until the draw on the Friday afternoon where we saw who we would be going up against in Qatar, Um, you know, being Belgium, Croatia and Morocco, you mentioned on the world's biggest stage going up, you know, we're not messing around here. We're going up against, you know, two of arguably the best and, and biggest teams in, in the world. So, you know, it is, it is something else, but uh, I think, A lot of us uh, at first very happy that we're just going to be there to begin with. But now we we see our opponents. We have our eyes set. We we have expectations, some higher than others. Um, You know, it's it's a lot of fun. And and (laughs) I think I speak for many when when we say we can't wait for November, December to roll around. Well, that's it. And, you know, now it it falls on. Herdman to, to organize friendlies in, in the next coming windows to try and find a level of quality in our opponents that will match what we'll play in Qatar, right? Finding a chance to play a team in Europe to get a feeling for what Belgium might do uh, in that first game. So I'm really interested to see how Herdman approaches it going forward. But I think just the scope and reality of the situation is my very first game of seeing Canada play live was at Varsity Stadium against Jamaica, which in, you know, in my young head, it may have been a friendly, it may have meant something, but you know, more people were there to go and see Jamaica than they were to see Canada. And now to come full circle to a sold-out BMO field to see Canada dominate Jamaica and win, and it means so much more to us, is 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 truly amazing to see in my lifetime. Absolutely. And and like I said, just so many of us are, are so glad we finally gotten over that hump. We're there and the future looks awfully bright just past uh, this coming World Cup. Uh, you mentioned friendlies. Uh, obviously, we still don't know a whole lot in terms of news about who we might facing or when. Uh, but we do know Canada's uh, Nations League group opponents, which will be Honduras and Curacao as that competition gets kicked off in June um obviously Honduras not going to be a team that we see at the World Cup but uh a very good team to prep against as we head in towards uh Qatar what do you think of that group draw Cam well I'm not sure I'm going to travel to Honduras in June uh but I wish they'd play a game in the winter to maybe you know uh pick a new destination to travel to when the weather gets cold here um but it's it's an exciting thing to see us involved in I, I, I want to continue to see our team really dominate CONCACAF. And I hope we can continue this streak of topping groups. And, and I think although Honduras has been a thorn on our side in the past, we can come into this game confidently and, and say we should be beating both these teams. Absolutely, for sure. A lot to look forward to in the coming months uh, as far as Canada soccer goes. And of course, you can look to us to bring you uh, some of those updates as we move closer and closer to Canada's second ever uh, World Cup appearance in Qatar. Um, moving forward now to TFC uh, in their performance over the weekend, looking very Canada-esque, I must say. Uh, a nice 2-1 victory over the defending MLS Cup champion, uh, New York City FC. Uh, Cam, you were there along with myself. Um, what were some of your biggest takeaways from this one? My biggest thing is consistency. For better or for worse, you know, we're seeing a, a continuity to this team in terms of a starting 11. We're seeing continuity in terms of how we're winning games or at least competing in games. 
and to beat the MLS Cup champion, New York City FC, although they're struggling to start the season with a one, three, and one record, it's you know nothing to to turn your nose up at. That's a huge victory at home where I said to start the season, we've got to win nearly every single home game if we stand a chance at making playoffs because away games are going to be really difficult. And so here I was thoroughly impressed with how we handled the game. I think the game management at at times was, was better. Uh, But you know, it's something that's showing that Bob has this team playing a system that gets results. Absolutely. And um, despite the victory, still a little bit of a kink in terms of uh, how we're starting matches, right? We see controversy right out of the gate in the seventh minute where uh, it looks like Kosi Thompson has conceded uh, a penalty. Um, referee points to the spot, uh, does go to VAR, gets overturned, uh, no PK. However, we later find out that pro the um, officiating governing body for the MLS um, made a statement saying that a penalty kick should have been awarded and uh, the VAR shouldn't have overturned it. Um, And then, of course, we have O'Neill's goal line clearance in the 12th minute. Uh, Bono forced into action to make a breakaway save in the 17th. A few minutes after that, you know, it really looked like the ball wasn't leaving TFC's end. Um, but eventually later into the half, they uh, they figured it out. And Jesus uh, Jimenez is able to find the back of the net for uh, what I believe is the third time this year. Is that correct? Third time? Correct. Yeah. Third goal, yeah. And, you know, the start that Jimenez is, is having to this season, it's <laughs> probably one of the least talked about impact transfers a- across the MLS so far. Well, it's the first time in what two years a striker is leading our team in goals. <laughs> it's 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 nice to see. I think he took the one chance we had at a shot on net, and he took it clinically. No nonsense. Passed the ball into the bottom corner. Passed a very big and and, and dominant keeper um, from you know a, a nifty little play from Pazuelo and Osorio. Really, you know, quick play into the middle and and and. I think a pass we've seen Osorio make a few times with his Canadian teammates. So I am I'm, I'm have huge respect for uh, Jimenez right now in terms of how he started the season, where he's not making these huge goals that maybe we've seen in the past from strikers, but it's consistent. He's showing up every game and he's doing what his job is, which is get on the score sheet. So I, I think that's a massive ability for us to absorb a lot of pressure and make a team pay going the opposite direction. You know, we've been lucky against teams, but we've also done well to force teams to make a play that maybe they don't want to. Uh, and that's that's definitely benefited us. Uh, and I think I'm thrilled to see us, you know, continue to ask questions late into the half um, with the own goal from Martins. Mm-hmm. Great free kick delivery from Pozuelo with McNaughton getting on the end of it, where I think we all kind of thought he'd gotten his first goal. Yeah, I, I was, was thrilled for him. I know you were. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately ends up being an own goal there, but you know, he, he definitely forced the error. I I think that's what we have to do for these teams is, you know, ask the question and, and, you know, nine times out of 10, it may not go your way, but that, that one time it does, Hey, if you don't concede, you win games. And so I think that was a big part of that first half was just having to withstand that, that New York city FC pressure, dodging one bullet, that PK, but in the end being rewarded for our patience 
and our structure and attack. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned Osorio's service on the first goal. Um, another guy who performed extremely well over the weekend was uh, Alex Bono in net. Uh, both Osorio and Bono named to the MLS team of the week. Uh, Osorio, one of the main 11, and Bono, one of the bench. Uh, honorable mentions, but a tremendous um, game from from Alex Bono. Looked very sure. Uh, shot stopping was there all night. Um, what do you think of Alex Bono in that? I think Bono's always been a great shot stopper. I, I don't mm-hmm. think many goals will just get past him. I, I think where Bono perhaps will get criticized, and I think this could be anyone at TFC, is that defensive organization. And into the second half, it did start kind of nervy. I think he made a good stop to, to start the half with you know, New York getting into the box. But from then on out for you know the next, call it 25, maybe even to 30 minutes, it was a low block. You know, we, 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 we frustrated New York City FC by just getting bodies in the box and forcing them to do crack shots from outside the 18, which Bono could see he could react well to. I think that's why he's done so well as a keeper at, at, at a young age, and he's only matured from there, is his ability to be a good shot stopper. Um, you know, I, I think that's what we want to see from our goalie, and but that's good organization from the back line. That's good organization from our midfielders to just hunker down and continue to absorb pressure. Not something I'd love to see every game, but, you know, making it really hard to get scored on is, is a benefit to us. You know, you unfortunately concede that goal from Herber after him coming on uh, near the end of the game, but it was too little too late. In the 92nd minute, we'd, we'd already kind of sealed the deal, although I think there was opportunities – for our team to, to, to get a third goal. And I think they deserved it. Uh, we were not um, uh, too unlucky to not get that goal. Agreed. But overall, a tremendous performance from the Reds on Saturday. Uh, before we move on to yes, no, maybe so, is there anything else you wanted to get into, Kim? Uh, well, you know, looking at this team, you know, you, you, you want to have a swagger and confidence in your uh, – your team, especially at home and, and having New York come and play us and, and, and have a performance like that, that was big uh, to put players uh, of New York's quality um, in their place felt good. I like that the team is getting a bit more of an attitude about them. Um, and so I'm proud to see that from these, these group of boys. Yeah. And in addition to, to guys finding an attitude, I think a lot of guys starting to solidify their roles and, and, their spots in this squad as we as we move further into the season. Of course, only five games in, but we've seen uh, tremendous standout performances uh, from a few players, which brings us into yes, no, maybe so. Um, yes, of course, being our man of the match. Uh, no, being a guy that we thought was was kind of underwhelming or, or disappointing, and then uh, maybe kind of a guy that you know, an honorable mention for a man of the match or, or something that we just, we saw what we liked uh, from them, just not enough to call them our man of the match. So I'll start with my yes. And uh, Cam, my yes is Lucas McNaughton. Um, I think since stepping in as a starter for this club, which I think this would be his third start now, um, he has looked tremendous. Uh, looks so sure out there. Doesn't look like a guy who, you know, has only made his fourth or fifth MLS appearance. He is looking like a vet out there. And uh, TFC may have found their new um, 
you know, one, two punch or, or back three in terms of center backs with, with McNaughton really showing what he can bring out there. Yeah. I think bang for your buck. McNaughton's been phenomenal for, for the cost of, of, of signing him from the CPL, uh, a relatively unknown quantity for sure at the uh, MLS level, but perhaps not in, in many Canadian soccer uh, circles. Uh, but no, he, he's done nothing but inform us that he's the right player on the pitch. He, he, he's done what we wanted everyone to do last year and just be calm and collected in the back and not concede silly goals. So I, I, I think that's a, that's a great shout from you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, my no is Noble Akello, uh, similar to what you're going to say for your no. Um, but I guess the potential is still there for Okello. Um, you know, everybody's kind of hoping he ends up being something. It's just, I haven't seen what he really, I don't want to say brings cause we know what his skill set is and, and we know what he can be, but I just don't see how he fits right now. You know, he's clumsy on the ball. He doesn't look sure. He doesn't use his size the way he should. I don't know. He's just been very disappointing for me, Kim. Yeah, it's unfortunate to hear, but, you know, we, we keep wanting to see these players take the next step, you know, how many more minutes they need, how many more games they need, and seeing other players click so quickly is, is difficult because you want to see Noble Akello thrive, and I think the potential is certainly there. Uh, ha- haven't seen him have his best match in a red jersey quite yet. Yes, and that takes me to my maybe. Uh, who is Jesus Jimenez? You know, he, he was tremendous Saturday. Um, you know, it's hard not to give him my yes, right? But, uh, you know, he continues to impress as we go here, and he's really showing us that we have a consistent option at striker, which is something we've been missing for, for a good bit. So hopefully uh, that movement continues. Yeah, I like that call. Um, as I said before, he's doing what's expected of him. <laughs> he's scoring goals. What yeah. more could you ask? Even if it's a goal a game, you know, just just sh- just short of that with, with uh, three goals and five matches, he's he's doing what we need him to do. And I hope he just continues this. Perhaps even gets more service as you know the games we we we've, we've won. Maybe we've stolen a goal because he's made a right run or he's been at the end of a nice pass and he finished. So I think this is a, a great growth for him as a TFC player. And I, I'm never really worried when he's on the pitch because he's going to get involved in some way. Absolutely. Uh, Cam, your yes, no, maybe so. I, I think you made some great choices there. And I, I think I wanted to go in a little bit of different direction slightly here. So my yes is going to be Alejandro Pozuelo because I saw little things he did throughout the game that makes the entire team better, right? He, he technically doesn't get an assist on Jimenez's goal, even though I think he really unlocked uh, Osorio's position. And Osorio did play a good pass, but it was a relatively simple one where I think Pozuelo made a really cutting and quick pass that caught uh, the New York City FC midfield off guard and just got him underneath his cleats to get to um, Osorio that resulted in the goal. And, and then, you know, delivering that brilliant free kick into the box that, that forced the own goal uh, are, are things directly involving him in goals. But throughout the game, you know, we dominated our attack down the left side. And I think that's really because he's 
integral into picking the ball up and playing it into space. And he's playing it, you know, kind of east to west. He's freeing up that far side uh, for Petrasso and, and for Schaffelberg and moving the, the game up and across, stretching that back line, which is hugely important in a, in, a, in a league that, you know, is kind of hunkered down in defensive style. Um, and then even on um, Peruzza's uh, uh, chance near the end of the match, which I think he should have done better on, and you'll, you'll hear my comment on that in a minute, was the great pass from Pozuelo. And then he busts his ass down the wing to get into a position to receive the ball back. And that late into the game, that's impressive from me. So I think my yes and man of the match for sure would be Pozuelo. For sure. I like that pick and, and you know, definitely can't disagree. Um kind of the Pozuelo we got used to being able to create chances and, and guide the ball to guys who, who can go on, go in on goal. Right. Um, we saw his service on leading to the second goal, the own goal. Um, you know, he's, he's returning to the Pozuelo. We, we got used to in, in 2019 and in 2020. Right. So certainly a good shout there and nice to see kind of that thing we were missing in the first couple matches of the season, that, that connection from the defense to, our strikers and our attackers, right? That connection in the midfield and, and Pozuelo's bringing that back for sure. Yeah, you know, having that energy and that that buzzing around the pitch is, is kind of what we liked, uh, mm-hmm. which brings me to my no. And my no maybe falls on on a bit of Bob Bradley, but it's going to be the, the substitutes. I think all three substitutes that were made didn't step up to the game. You know, maybe... maybe um, Jaden Nelson would, would have been, you know, possibly better than the other two that came on, but you've already called out Noble Akello's shortcomings and to take off, you know, Osorio, who was quite dominant in that game and really goes about his business in a way that's not going to really show you how influential he is, you know, short of, you know, assisting on that goal is, is the fact that he did lose that presence, that ability to, to halt the play in the midfield to really, you know, prevent New York City FC from really setting up. And after Osario came off, they dominated us. They, they pinned us in and we couldn't go anywhere. And I think that's in part to, you know, that midfield change where we lost that, that, that grit. Um, and even on the goal, you know, Nelson's getting a bit too slow to get out to the wing. I, I know the ball got shifted and he's defensively compact, but if you're coming on near the end of the game, you've got to completely burn it out, man. You've got to go as hard as you can to prevent, you know, it was technically a free kick at that point. There was no pressure on that, that delivery. Um, and that really comes down to these midfielders um, working in, in the last little quarter of the game. If you're given 15 minutes, Bob's proven, if you work hard, he'll reward you. So the, these substitutes should have really shown him, Hey, next time I should start. And Peruzza really getting a chance near the end there to either lay the ball off to Pozuelo or hit that shot, which he puts over the bar it's a bit of a waste for me. He could have even driven further in, you know, forced a tackle in the box, burn more time off the clock because shortly after that, they come back down the pitch and score. If this is a one nil game, that just cost us three points. So I think the decision-making across the three substitutes needed to be a bit better. They needed to bring more to a team that had been working their ass off for 90 minutes. So my no is all the substitutes. Yeah, as I mentioned with my Okello with the no, for sure, for sure with you on that one, Cam. Um, you know, and almost kind of been the story of the season so far. Luckily, not costing us in this one, but the, the substitutes all season, it seems, have kind of been 
a little underwhelming. So hopefully something that changes as we go forward uh, throughout the year. Yeah. And it was tough to, to pick anyone really, you know, I think this, this was a good performance by the team. I think there were moments, everyone maybe made a few mistakes, um, but we, we weren't really punished on them. Um, but there were also moments of brilliance across the, the, the full 11. And so my maybe it could be really anyone, you know, given as for sure with the goal, again, establishing a really huge mental boost right before the end of a half where you've mainly defended and, 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 you know, not being involved in a lot of touches and just taking that moment is huge. Uh, but because he was really isolated a lot of the game, I, I didn't want to give it to him. Uh, although he did exactly what we asked of him. Bono, you know, lots of saves, earned himself a position in the team of the week. Um, he, he did everything the team asked of him, made some big saves when he needed to, you know, got involved, was quite active within the box. Um, and, and he really deserved the clean sheet. I was really heartbroken when Herber scored because, you know, as a goalie, you, you do really hold on to those, those cherished clean sheets. And he, he did everything he could to keep us in that game um, with the way we were set up. So huge credit to Bono's continued uh, strong performance. Um, also, we're going to talk about it a bit. He's also faced the second most shots in the league. Uh, so I know we're, we're, we're up there in goals conceded, I, I think, uh, with, with nine. But um, I the, think big kudos to, to Bono to uh, his another play. Another interesting stat, stat I saw on Bono today, Cam, most saves per 90 minutes, too. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. which I think kind of goes to show the amount of the you know chances that he's had to face this year and you know, still kind of figuring things out defensively. But, you know be reminisced not to mention that he has been uh, a tremendous shot stopper this season. That's it. You're never going to win games unless your goalie makes some saves. Um, you know what? Chicago has something like one goal against, and they've only had maybe nine shots on target, like mm-hmm. against them. That's, mm-hmm. that's a, a hugely defensive, you know, wall in front of your goalie uh, to have to only make, you know, concede one goal. So I, I think the big kudos to Bono for standing on his head when we need him to, hopefully he gets a bit more protection, uh, as these, this, this season goes on and there's still a lot of talk about, you know, who could come in during the next window to, to help bolster that back line. Um, but the other individual who's, I think, deserving of the captain's armband as Bradley continues to step towards the, the end of his career is Jonathan Osario. Mm-hmm. He is the leader on this team, whether it's on the score sheet, you know, assists or just, you know, digging in and, and playing out games to, to their, their uh, conclusion. I think Osario could be man of the match in any of the games he's played in so far this season. Absolutely. Definitely not in disagreement with you there, Kim. Uh, before we move on to a, a match preview for this coming weekend, I thought we'd play a brief game. We'll each name one thing. Um, and obviously, this is a topic of conversation in the stands on Saturday, mostly from my mouth. Uh, we'll play things that are taller than Maxi Morales. Uh, we'll each name one thing. And mine is literal. We saw it in front of us. He was taking a corner right in front of us, Cam. Uh, the corner flag is taller than Maxi Morales. That's a good one. We did see it up, <laughs> up close and personal. We'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to bring a ruler, one of those like meter sticks, next time he plays us, and <laughs> and stick it on the edge of the capo stand. Um, I'm gonna say the the one thing I think that comes to mind that is bigger than Maxi Morales is the very very small MLS Cup champions banner at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> it's slightly bigger than Maxi Morales. Slightly, yeah. That piece of Bristol board's got him. 
maybe by an inch <laughs> or two. Um, <laughs> moving on, uh, TFC is on the road this coming weekend as they take on Real Salt Lake in Sandy, Utah. Uh, is an 8 p.m. kickoff Eastern time. Uh, Real Salt Lake off to a strong start this season. Three wins, two draws, and a loss. Good for 11 points in second in the Western Conference. Uh, Bobby Wood and Tate Schmidt both with two goals this season. Uh, Co-leaders for Salt Lake. And they come off a 1-1 draw with uh, Mark Anthony Kay and the Colorado Rapids. Um, A good home record with wins against New England and Seattle. So obviously that'll be tough for TFC on Saturday. Um, Cam, what do you, what do you make of this one coming up? Um, yeah. Rio Tinto is an interesting stadium for us. I, I, I hope we can, we can go in and just be a, a thorn in their side, just a difficult team to break down. Right. We, we've talked about this nearly every single game, you know, conceding opportunities really early in the start of each half. Um, and knowing that they've been perfect at home and, you know, they've, they've fought pretty hard away from home with, you know, one, nothing losses, you know, one, one draw, they're not giving anything away cheaply. So this is just a real test for TFC to go in there and, you know, be as just as hard to play against, you know, just be just as hard to break down and, and hopefully they can come out of this, this game with at least a point. Uh, I've got to say I'm not I'm not overly optimistic with their form at home uh, and our form on the road. So this will be a great test for for Bob Bradley's boys to to come together and say, hey, you know, they they did beat teams like New England and Seattle. I think Seattle being the more impressive victory just based on how New England started. Let's let's come in against them and, and not concede. Let's just start there. I've been saying it all season. If we don't get scored on can't lose. So I think that's the big start is we, we, we do a defensive, you know, uh, formation and, and hopefully can steal something from this match. For sure. Rio Tinto's kind of always been a little bit of a thorn in our side over the years. Hasn't it? Um, much like, you know, the other stadiums that are, that are considered to be at altitude, right? Obviously not as bad as Colorado or, you know, while we're not there often the Azteca, um, but, you know, always kind of, you know, the elements always kind of give us a game there. And Salt Lake kind of one of those teams that that you constantly and, and consistently find up, you know, in the pack competing for a playoff spot. Um, last couple seasons hasn't been as kind to them, but this season they're right back in form and, you know, back to being one of the MLS best, which is which is what we've gotten used to seeing out of salt lake so it'll obviously be um a good early season test for us right and not as strong on the road as we have been at home both our wins coming at home and um you know a draw and a loss on the road um it'll be it'll be a good one for us and it'll really show how we've improved over these first five weeks of the season Yep, as I said, we've got to we've got to almost guarantee victories at home. Uh, on the road, it's going to be more difficult. We're going to drop points. I think that's the nature of any football league. Um, but here, more than ever, we just got to try and establish a good league position, knowing what's coming in terms of reinforcements uh, this summer. Uh, it's just going to boost our, our 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 efforts. I think to to be in a good position, and it does come from games like this, not just reserving ourselves to a loss. For sure. 
Uh, a big one, big one coming up this weekend. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we get from TFC. Uh, hopefully another victory. Um, we'll head into our questions from the audience segment. Uh, we got two from Instagram today. Keep on, keep your eye out uh, on the Red Patch Boys Instagram as they post a story. You can ask all your questions you would like to us before our recordings. Uh, a really good one and certainly something we're going to have to think about as we get closer to June and uh, when Insigne is arriving. But uh, Kenny T16 asks, who gets dropped when Insigne arrives uh, based on what we've seen so far this season? Cam, I'll get your thoughts on that one first. As much as we've loved him and his style of play, I, I think it's the Petrasso position. I, I think that's the, you know, the the youthful exuberance where we're seeing a lot of great uh, growth from players who've gone and played there. Um, but uh, I think we all know that the money being spent on Signy says he starts the game. So yeah. I think he's going to be put in there with uh, Jimenez and Pasuelo and that front sort of three triangle would be my starting three uh, based on who we have currently in the squad. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going along the same lines as you, depending on, you know, who Bob is rolling out these first couple weeks, whether it's Nelson starting on the wing or, or Petrasso starting on the wing, it will be probably one of those two, um, you know, in Signe's natural position being left wing. I imagine you'll probably see him slot in there, uh, keep Jimenez in the middle. So, you know, you, Jimenez getting pretty good service right now. Uh, just imagine what you'll be getting when you put Insigne on that wing, right? So you can't take Jimenez out of the lineup. Uh, Insigne, more of a natural winger. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to be with you on this one, Cam, and, and say Petrasso or Nelson. Not that they've underperformed. It's just you can't not put Insigne in that lineup, right? But I think what they've shown so far is that they can be in case of injury or, you know, a little bit pace or energy late in matches. Uh, I think both those guys would be suitable substitutes um, when Insigne does eventually arrive. Yeah. You, you wonder, is that just happenstance and we're lucky that that's the way the team's been, been, been built or does Bob have vision there knowing he's coming, he's known for a long time that he's built a team that goes, Hey, this, this is my core. This is my spine. These young guys have a chance now for minutes to play and impress us to see who, who gets that next, you know, understudy role or who can find their way into the, the, the lineup in another way where, you know, guaranteed insignia walks into that position. No question. Absolutely. And uh second question we received was from AR. I'm going to go with R Cole. R. Cole um, <laughs> interesting one. What was Ronaldinho's impression of the game? Obviously uh, <laughs> for those that were in attendance, for those who maybe watched on TV uh, or just scrolling Twitter after the match, uh, Ronaldinho, the legendary Ronaldinho was in attendance at Saturday's match, uh, with Dwayne Rosario. From what I understand, he was, uh, or is promoting a new NFT of his, um, from what I gather, uh, we saw at halftime, him and Dero exchanged a Brazil and a Canada kit, uh, definitely kind of fun for those in attendance. Uh, what his imp impression of the game was. Uh, a, unfortunately, I don't speak Spanish, and B, unfortunately, I don't know Ronaldinho, so I can't really speak for him. But, uh, you know, luckily the guys put out a good good performance on Saturday for him uh, for him to, 
to watch. Cam, what do you think? Well, I don't speak Spanish or Portuguese, so I, I yes. wouldn't be able to uh, communicate uh, that well with him, but I'm sure he's picked up a bit of English um, in his career, although uh, I didn't get a, a chance to come across him personally. But Unfortunately I think not, some, yeah. some great quotes have come out with Ronaldinho on them, and one of them was, you know, he'll play for any team if they pay him and he doesn't have to train. So maybe he was just trying to get signed by Bob. Maybe he was in his ear. Hey, you know, I got a real passport this time. You know, let me uh, let me come play. You know, uh, Julio Cesar came and played. We could we could have another Brazilian. You know, they've never really been too successful. I guess Oro Junior. Uh, I think he's Brazilian, right? Yep. Oro Junior. Yep. Yeah, Oro I think he's been probably our our best Brazilian, considering we had two other failures with Gilberto probably at the top of that list. <laughs> I mean, I'm not um, sure. Not sure what Ronaldinho's at in age now. I'm gonna do a quick, quick Google search on that one. But uh um, well, he was he was 42, out on King Street two years well. old. Yeah, forty two years King old, having a good time. Forty two so. years He's, old. I imagine he could still give us at least a nice 15, 20 minutes off the bench every week. Who's got more pace, really Bradley or Ronaldo? It, right? Yeah, Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho's got maybe a bit more pace. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, another fun episode with you, Cam. Uh, a big victory for TFC this past weekend over the defending MLS Cup champion, New York City FC 2-1. Uh, they head on the road to Sandy, Utah this weekend to take on Salt Lake City, or uh, sorry, Real Salt Lake. Um, an 8 p.m. kickoff Eastern time on Saturday evening. Uh, Cam, before we head out, is there anything you would like to uh, to say? Um. I want to thank you, Ben, for always being so accommodating. Although we don't argue enough on this show. we got to find more topics that we can <laughs> argue about. Like we, don't, we don't give enough, uh, enough drama on the podcast. Maybe we can work on that. But um, mainly because we're probably just having such a good time with each other and enjoying a delicious Bosch Kung brewing beer. Um, you know, I think podcasting's in our nature, but uh, good beer is in Bosch Kung's nature. So thank you again to Bosch Kung for the beer and sponsoring uh, today's episode. Uh, and for participating in the match this past weekend, the show's uh, a love of support, uh, not only to the podcast, but the boys in red. So absolutely. Yeah. A lot of fun getting to know some of the staff over there um, at Bosch Kung this Saturday in the red patch boys to watch a great match. Uh, luckily as well. And uh, a reminder, use the code RPB podcast. That is RPB podcast. Um on the Bosch Kung website when checking out uh, your beer order for 15% off so that you have something to uh, listen to, to sip on while you listen to us and to watch the next match uh, for myself, Ben McClellan for my good friend, Cam Miller. You've been listening to the red patch boys podcast sponsored by Bosch Kung brewing company. Um, you know, stay positive. Things are good in TFC land right now. And uh, as always, come on your reds.